Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Anna Schrader. And today we are here with my very close friend, Jenny Hansen. Jenny is one of my nearest and dearest friends. She moved up to the Upper Peninsula, I think five years ago or so, right? Not something like that. Okay, yeah. And um, she's amazing. She uh, went to school for outdoor recreation and then moved up from Chicago, leaving her family and joined a whole new world. It shows a lot of resilience. And she's quickly become one of my closest friends. And I also have the pleasure of doing Jenny's hair. And I'm super excited because I just, she has a lot of great things to share and I'm super excited for you guys to get to know her. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I love your podcast and I'm just super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. So Jenny, I had no idea that you moved from Chicago to Ironwood. Well, there was uh, quite a few hops and skips in between there. I left Chicago when I was 18 and moved up to Marquette, where I went to Northern Michigan University, lived there for four years, spent a summer in Alaska, moved back to Marquette, moved down to Lansing for training. And yeah, about five years ago, I moved to Ironwood and this is now my home. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit more. But before we dive into that, we have to start off with our roses and our thorns of the week. Anna, why don't you kick us off this week? Okay. Well, the immediate rose I can think of is that this tea is like hitting the spot. It's like a really good cup of tea. So Hopefully that's a premonition that this episode is going to spill some good tea as long as it's not on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another rose this week, we had prom in the salon and it just felt really good to like use my brain in that way and do updos. And the last couple of years where we didn't have it because of um, the pandemic. So it was really fun. It was really, it was good to get back in the swing of updos for prom. And um, always a little stressful doing prom hair because even though all the girls were super chill and they loved it, I do feel like there's another level of like someone you need to please and that's their mother. And uh, again, yeah. <laughs> again, um, moms were great. No one was like critical or anything, but it is just another level of pressure, which is, which is good. It's good to be under pressure sometimes when you have like um, a bunch of people watching you like try and place hair into an updo and then like your thinking face mm-hmm. and then they're they are like well how are you doing and they're asking me questions I'm like well I am doing fine all I want to do is think about hair right now but um it was a really beautiful rose I loved it and um had some fun this weekend with all my friends we all we did this big party where we all dressed up in like full-on gowns and then wore our ski goggles on our head. Jenny was there and we had a really good time and it was a big catered event. It was like kind of, um, it was a, it was a end of the season closing party for skiing. So that was really fun. I saw a bunch of pictures and it looked a ton of fun. Everybody <laughs> looked great. <laughs> yep. There was someone Anna that may have accidentally posted a picture on the break room banter story, oh, yes. but it quickly got disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that Hunter, but I posted on our story and it's like from my Snapchat to Instagram and it posted up on break room panthers instead of mine. So I was like, Oh no, oops, oops, oops. I'm sure it would have been fine to keep it there, but there was no context. You know, it was just like a sneak peek into your guest this week. (laughs) Right. That's true. And what about your thorn? Oh my gosh. Uh, thorn is harder for me to think of because it's such a good week. Let's see. Maybe the snowboarding season is over. Yeah, that is a thorn, but it is not really because finally the snow is gone. I guess one thing when the snow melts, there's always like a bunch of garbage that appears 
And so that's kind of, I went around my yard and picked up some garbage today. We're not going to say what it is, but did you pick that up? I wore gloves. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yep. I wore gloves. Okay. There was just some really gross stuff in my yard that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> so, but I did send a Snapchat to Hunter and I was like, this is what happens when the snow melts. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> See, we we don't have snow that is on the ground long enough for us to like not see it. So we just see that that the trash all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I do feel like it's escalated in the spring because people just throw their trash out, and then it snows, and so you don't see it until now when the snow is gone. It just like all appears at once. Oh, that's got to be rough. But Jenny, what did you do on Earth Day? Because I saw you out there. Yes, every Earth Day I have this tradition. So for work, I drive around in my truck and I patrol the streets and it's usually kind of slow this time of year. So every day or every Earth Day, what I do is I pick a road and I just like slow roll the roll the road. And every time I see trash on the side of the road, I just pull over quick and I hop out and I grab it and I toss it in the back of my truck. And I really should do it more often, but I make a very conscious effort to do it on Earth Day to pick a re- pick a road and just clean up the trash that I see. Lots of beer cans. Lots of beer mm. cans in the woods. Oh, no. From the highway. Mm-hmm. Woof. Yeah. I always say, like, they should put, like, a barcode on beer cans when you buy them. And if they're found, like, on the side of the road, you should get fined. Like, a barcode that links you as the buyer responsible for picking up the trash. Like, any kind of trash. I don't know if that's possible, but... <laughs> Wouldn't it be so satisfying to like type in a barcode and like track it back to someone's house and be like, here's a fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's your 500 plus dollar fine. For littering. For littering. Anyways, go what ahead, are- Hunter or Jenny. I want to hear your roses and thorns. Jenny, do you want to take it away? I'll go sure. Last. My rose was also the champagne and goggles party that Anna and I went to. Got to dress up really fancy, wear goggles on our head, and drink champagne. So that was definitely my rose of the week. Um, I was trying to think of a thorn, and it was just a really good week. I, I, I can't necessarily pick one, but if I have to pick one, it would probably be that today and tomorrow are supposed to be really cold. It was like high of 30 today. And I think a high of 20 or something tomorrow. So I am ready for spring. I'm ready for warmer temperatures. And this cold temperature is probably my thorn for the week. And it snowed today. It was was like coming down real hard. And on my way home tonight, it was freezing rain. Oh my God. That's not fun. I know. (laughs) Well. It's blazing hot in Tennessee today. <laughs> and it rains, nice. so it's super humid. <laughs> but uh, my rose is that I got a new puppy, slash not really a puppy. He's just, all dogs are puppy to me. But I got a new dog, and his name is Aww. Louie. And he Aww. is the most precious little Pomeranian boy. And... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the rose. He's fitting in really well with the family. But the thorn is that I got a new dog and he pees everywhere. Oh. Yeah, that's actually the reason that I have him. Uh, my friend just didn't have the time to like dedicate to taking care of the dog the way that it needed to be. And so like training kind of slipped and then, you know, now it's three years old and we have to break that. But He's doing really well so far. At least Colin now he Caesar. shows shame after he does it. Oh. <laughs> and it's good. only been three days, so. But yeah, that would have to be my thorn is like the constant cleanup of a new dog in your house. Kind of asserting dominance everywhere. <laughs> this is my house now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I've been cleaning all day. <laughs> but he's super great. super cute yeah so but you get puppy snuggles so that that's a plus i do and he loves to snuggle oh. the downside to that is his breath is rank <laughs> God, 
I like we went to Petco today and like got all the things. Like I need to hit a toothbrush. I need some tooth brushing treats, something. But yep, Rose and Thorn is a dog. Aww. Another dog. So hopefully That's we cool. get this bigger house. <laughs> yeah, right? The house oh hunt gosh. continues. So can another you, thorn. So can you like tell everyone how many animals you have in your house? Because I'm amazed. Uh, so we have now three dogs, a Pomeranian, a Chawini, and a French Bulldog Chihuahua mix. Then we have two cats that both have been were rescued. And then we also have two ferrets. Full house. And then full house. And I really want a bird real bad. But when we were at Petco today, I looked at the birds and Bradley said, I just want to let you know. (laughs) A bird is out of the question. (laughs) So you should just do um like go outside and get one of those like have you seen those TikToks where the guy has the glasses and like that has the the hummingbird feeders on them yes well so when we move and we have like a fenced in yard and whatnot I'm gonna put all the bird houses and all the bird feeders out there so all of the wild birds can live at my house and they will be safe and fed yeah Jenny (laughs) has an adorable little fur baby also yeah, I do. He's a lab pit bull mix and he's all black and he he's got the head of a pit bull, but the body of a lab. And he's a big really boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a cutie. Oh, I love he might pop dogs. in sometime. He might pop in sometime during the interview. If he starts barking, that's just him <laughs> saying hello. <laughs> he just wants to be on the show. Yes. Something- one thing I love about Echo is that, and you guys can't see Jenny, but she has really dark hair and we, you know, we color her hair to like level three, four. And um, so she matches her dog. It's very cute. That is <laughs> They hilarious. like kind of look the same. <laughs> they have beautiful, shiny coats, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny, yeah. you've kind of told us like a little bit about what you do, but what is your job? Like, what is your job title slash description? What do you do for a living? So my title is conservation officer and I work for the department of natural resources, which is, um, a department within the state of Michigan. So I work for the state of Michigan for the DNR and conservation officers have a wide variety of skills and things that they do. Um, so every day is different. So during hunting seasons, I check people's hunting licenses. I make sure that they're hunting legally during fishing seasons. I'll check fishing licenses and I'll check people's boats if they're out recreating, um, or tubing, jet skiing, stuff like that. Um, I respond to search and rescues. I respond to injured eagles. I do a lot of different things. Um, yeah, dealing with wildlife, dealing with people, dealing with fishermen, hunters, people recreating on snowmobiles and four wheelers and stuff like that. So I love the variety of my job. Jenny is, um, I, one thing, okay. I always say that Jenny, she looks like the hot version of Smokey the Bear. Because when she <laughs> when she has all of her cut like her I say her costume, her outfit. Her uniform. Wearing, yes, her uniform. There you go. Her uniform. She she just is all green with this really cool hat and these belts. And um she I really respect her job. I feel like when I think about environmentalism and protecting our world that we live in, there's something really, really cool about being the voice for the voiceless. And that's Jenny. Like she's out there protecting the, like the, the woods, the wildlife and people who think that they can like step on their toes, wildlife's toes, like their invisible toes. (laughs) She, she helps. She puts an, she like stops that and makes sure everyone's like respectful. And I think it's really cool. That is really awesome. So are you guys the guys that like drive around in the green trucks with the lights on them? 
So every state is different. Mine is a black truck and we don't have lights because we like to be sneaky. (laughs) So we don't have a light bar. If you're a poacher, if you're a poacher and you're listening to this, beware. She's going to get you. (laughs) That's so interesting. It is. It's it's really fun. Every day is different. And I start my shift having no idea what how the day is going to turn out. It's just very exciting. You always have to be on your toes. I've always been interested since you said like starting your shift. I've always been interested what it's like for other professions. Like when you get to work, what do you, how do you know what you're going to do for the day? So like for us, our schedules are just planned. Like we know what we're going to do the night before or like the week before sometimes. So how do you know like where you're going to patrol or what job you're going to do that day so there is so much variety and versatility to this job we make our own schedules so there's not like a nine to five where i have to be at an office from this time to this time my truck is my office i start from my house and i just drive anywhere in the county where i think there's going to be activity i could go up to the harbor and check fishermen or, or i can go walk the beaches if it's a beautiful like 80 degree day and there's going to people going to be people out there or I'll drive around in the woods if I think it's a rainy Tuesday and somebody might be hunting from their vehicle I'll drive drive around in the woods so I wake up in the morning and I start work at whatever time I want to start work and when I leave my driveway I go in any direction I want to go and when I'm done with my shift I'm done anytime I want to so I make my own hours I make my own schedule. I go where I want to go. I do what I want to do. So like I said, there's a lot of variety and a lot of versatility. The downside to that is I work a lot of weekends because most people are outside recreating on the weekends. They work during the week and they're, they're off the weekends. So I have to work weekends uh, very right. often. I only get one weekend off a month, which kind of stinks. Um, but I mean, that's, that's when the work is there. So I'm expected to be out on the weekends working when other people are going to be out too. Yeah. It's kind of like hairdressers and working Saturdays. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we have to work when other people aren't working. Right. So that's the same for you. That's really interesting. Do you have like, so obviously after five years, you kind of know, like, Monday through Friday, it's going to be kind of dead around these times. Did you have like a guide when you first started that someone told you like, you just had to figure it out? I just had to figure it out. I was thrown into a new county where I knew no one. And they're like, here's a truck. Here's, here's a map of the county. Have fun. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's intense. (laughs) I never thought about that like that, but yeah, not only did you have to get to know people and like, but you had to get to know the environment. Yeah. But I get paid, I get paid to drive around. Like I get paid to just explore and drive back roads and drive to the beach and drive to the woods and just explore. I get, I get, I get paid to familiarize myself and I just like to explore pretty much yeah it's you're literally getting paid to do what you love to do already yes which is the goal for anyone honestly yeah if you love what you're doing you really never work a day in your life it's very true and it seems Mm -hmm. like like even to me your job sounds like super fun I'm sure that it's hard (laughs) but uh it sounds super fun yeah, there's there's bad days and there's downsides to this job too, but for the most part, I love what I do. I have a question. So, um, Jenny, I have I know that your job is hard, and you I've heard stories that you've shared with me some hardships that you've been through. And um, on our past episodes, we talked about like how to decompress. And I guess a question for you would be how do you decompress, especially when like your hobby and what you love is kind of like your job you know being outside recreating Mm -hmm. and um when you do have those hard days how do you get away that's a really good question and that's something that I know a lot of conservation officers struggle with um because we get a work phone and even though I'm 
not working right now, I'm technically on call. So my work phone is literally right here in my in my hand. I had to flip it upside down so I'm not tempted to check the emails and the text messages that keep popping up. Um, so it is really hard to find that balance of when to turn off work because it's not like you can just leave everything at the office and end your day. No, like my work comes home with me. My 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 computer's right here. My cell phone's right here. My truck's in the garage. So um, it takes a conscious effort to separate that. Um, and then the other plus side to separating is my family's lake house is in Wisconsin. So when I'm down recreating in Wisconsin, I'm not tempted to be checking at people's boat registrations. And I'm not looking at people who might be violating because it's not my state and it's out of my jurisdiction. So I, I can at least um, turn it off that way. But it's it's hard. It becomes second nature when I do it. And it's not an easy job to just turn off at the end of the day. It's almost like you can't have fun, quote unquote, in your own town. You have to kind of escape so that you know that you have no jurisdiction. Exactly. And small towns make it even harder. Right. Wow. Okay. So I'm loving getting to know you, but we are on a hairstylist podcast. So I think it's really interesting having you as a guest on the podcast, not being a hairstylist. I would love to hear your experience with like going to the salon and maybe since you're new and or you were new five years ago, I guess that's not new anymore, but what it was like to find a hairdresser when you moved. So um, I was going to this woman in Marquette that um, I, I really liked when I was living in Marquette and I had full intentions of driving back to Marquette, which is only two and a half hours, two on a good day. I had full intentions to be driving two hours to go see my hairdresser because I liked her. I knew, you know, I, I trusted her and I enjoyed my experience with her. Well, I was fortunate enough to meet Anna probably what, like a month or two when I moved here because we had mutual friends. So the people that Anna grew up with became law enforcement in this community. So I became law enforcement in this community. So I met Anna through, through mutual friends that way. And I found out Anna was a hairdresser and I've been going to her ever since. And first she was my friend, then she became my hairdresser and now she's my best friend. So. Oh, <laughs> how sweet. It, it is. It's been really fun. And, um, I love when I can get I can do my um, friend's hair. Like we get to hang out and then even better when we get to hang out at work and I'm getting paid. I'm like, what, how is this work? How is this work? And then of course, you know, it's always my job. You know, I'm emotional. I always say, I'm like, I'm always going to make you look good. I'm like emotionally invested in your hair. <laughs> yeah. And like, I have to look at this. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you better, you better believe it's going to look good. Yes, I love getting my hair done with Anna. It's definitely my favorite part of getting my hair done is getting to spend time with Anna. Oh, yeah, it's great. Okay, so Jenny, um, what are some things, maybe some struggles that you might have with your hair? So by policy, I have to have my hair off of my shoulders. So that means, and because I have such long hair, that means it has to be tied back in a tight bun where it won't come loose. So I have to have my hair slicked back and in a bun every single day. And then on top of having the bun, I wear a hat for work. Um, So taking, so it's like a ball cap. So taking the hat on and off every day um, with the hair pulled back tight, I get a lot of breakage, like especially like around my face, like the face framing here. Um, I get a lot of breakage and these like flyaways and stuff because of the the tension and the constant hat on off with my hat. So that's probably my biggest struggle. Yeah. So um, Jenny never lets me blow dry her hair. Oh no, you let me blow dry. You never let me style it after I'm done, done with it. Cause you're like, it's just going to go in a bun anyways. 
And every single time <laughs> she says it, she's like, has that exact tone. It's just going to go in her <laughs> <friends anyway. laughs> If I was Anna, I would just be like, let me pamper you. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I will if she's not working that day. But um, I make sure I give her a really good blow dry. But then um, one thing that we make sure Jenny's using is like a good protein spray to help strengthen those little hairs around her face. And then also we just like incorporate that into her cute little face framing around her face. Yeah. But it does make it hard too, because another thing that like Jenny is like 90% of other females who want to go darker in the spring or in the fall and winter and a little lighter in the summer. And it's super trendy to have those pieces around your face really bright and bold and bleached to high heavens. So um, that is hard because those are the hairs that are compromised with being in a bun and always put, like putting your hat on and off. So we've kind of changed up our color plan a little bit to protect and preserve those um, vulnerable pieces around the face. So what did you do? Uh, I have two questions, but the first one is what did you do with your color plan to like make like minimize the compromise comp- compromising of the um, hair well we just didn't bleach those very front pieces and also jenny has been going easy on her hair and she's embracing more of her natural so um we didn't actually do a big dump this year she is staying dark and um then my plan is next time she asks for highlights because i know it's coming is just to kind of stay away from the hairline like I'm showing myself in the you can't you guys can't see me but to stay like maybe mm, a couple foils away from the hairline and then just do some like bigger interior pieces when that time comes yeah okay um so my second question is Jenny do you know how to like sew at all I do so have you ever tried sewing like a satin lining on the inside of your hats? No, I've actually never thought about that. Is that, that something like with your policy that you could do? It's like possible, yeah. Uniform in any way? Yeah, I could look into it. Because that may possibly, I mean, with you having to have it in a bun and also having to wear a hat, like there's not a way necessarily to stay away from those breakages, but it may help a little. That's a great idea. My other thing I was going to say, you sh- you could wear like a silk cap. <laughs> <laughs> Put a bonnet on. Exactly. <laughs> like, like tie. <laughs> and I was like, that actually might not. That might go against the code. Yeah. I don't know if I can make extreme changes to my hat, but I could maybe think about like putting satin or something on the inside. You know, Anna, do you remember that one time you referred to my head, my head as a disaster? Do you remember that? You're like, there's three things that need to happen in order for something to be a disaster. (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) She's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I haven't forgotten that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I had, I, I'm just a little story time. So I had this man that I, um, I got to know through the salon and he was like, um, a lawyer, like a risk lawyer or someone that would go after, like when there's a disaster, he was the investigator that would go and investigate whose problem was it. And usually it had to something to do with like automobile accidents or sometimes major disasters, like plane crashes and stuff. And he said, there's always, there usually is always three things that have to go wrong for a major disaster to happen. I did not say that your hair was a disaster. (laughs) I said, we need to be careful because we're getting close to the third. I said, Jenny, your hair is compromised because we bleach it. The second thing is, is you're always pulling it back. So there's tension and like, you know, that, that causes breakage. And the third is just waiting to pop out. And if the third comes, Maybe if I overlap the bleach too much or, you know, there's a million other things that could happen. There could be a disaster and that would result in major, major breakage. So (laughs) (laughs) these are the consultations that you say to your really close friends. And I said, we don't want your hair to become a disaster. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just, I just got to give you a little crap. (laughs) But I do think about that. 
there's a huge difference between consultations with friends and consultations with like new guests where it's like you could say you know it would be possible to achieve this white hair goal of yours however i don't think that the integrity of your hair would uh maintain this goal versus if i tell my friends i'm like yeah i'll give you white hair but it'll be on the floor (laughs) (laughs) exactly or i just straight up say no yeah because i also know my friend's lifestyle and i know that my friend has a very busy lifestyle and it's hard for her to get in so and she likes low maintenance which i can totally relate so there are certain things where i'm just like "Mm, no how about we do this? <laughs> Probably I do appreciate, not. I do appreciate your honesty when it comes mm-hmm. time to the consultations. <laughs> and I do mm-hmm. I do appreciate appreciate you uh, looking out for me. So thank you. <laughs> the disaster. That's, I'm, it's funny that you remember that. The disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be your lesson, folks. Our clients remember what we say to them. It's true. Okay. So, um, Jenny, another thing I wanted you to share recently, Jenny has switched over from brands of shampoo and just like share with us a little bit, your experience with that. So I was, I've never really been happy with shampoo. I've tried a bunch of different shampoos and just they're expensive and they're, they're this and they're that. And I just, I've never, I haven't really found one that I fell in love with. And I'm not saying this because the two of you work for Kuhn or you use Kuhn products. But when I switched over to the shampoo that you gave me the last time I was in there, Anna, I literally see a night and day difference in my hair, like using Kuhn shampoo, using professional shampoo, it makes a world of difference and i truly truly mean that absolutely it does that's that's amazing and um i can feel a difference in your hair too but i also just want to say um she was you were using kind of just any you were frustrated you were just using whatever you could find from walmart was it that like i don't even know what it's called like that it's in like a round bottle it starts with an o organics or something no, oh, the Moroccan I w- oil organics in the blue bottle. Was that the one you were using? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Moroccan oil. I was using Biolage for a long time. Oh, okay. I was using that for a while. Remember recently I asked you your opinion on Aussie? <laughs> oh, Aussie. Okay, I thought you were going to ask me a different one. I was like, don't. That, that hair care line cannot be named. <laughs> Aussie. What and you're like, yeah. you were like, yeah, I haven't used that since high school. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, I'm like, I honestly don't know enough about over-the-counter products to even tell you what is and what is not good. I just think that none of them are good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> In my exactly. Opinion. Well, and the thing is, is like, I'm glad that you, I always talk about how much I love my product, but I never want to be pushy. You know, I never, ever want to be pushy. So when Jenny was like, I think I'm going to get the good stuff. I think I'm going to invest in shampoo and conditioner. I was so happy, but I never, ever wanted to like push someone into that. So I just wanted you to share that with everyone because I, I notice the difference. And sometimes I forget how big that difference is. is because I, I don't, like you said, I haven't used Aussie since high school because we are blessed with the ability to have professional shampoo all the time right it's just at our fingertips I do um you said something Anna that I think will be interesting to get Jenny's perspective on you said you don't like to be pushy and like salesy about it so Jenny what was it that Anna did that made you decide like "Ooh, I'm gonna try these products that Anna uses on my hair because every time I sorry go ahead just because every time I leave the salon my hair always feels full and it feels soft and it feels, it's like shinier. And I could never recreate that. And I guess when I asked Anna about it, I, I asked what you use at the salon. And I think that's probably how I ended up with, with um, the one that I got now. It's mm-hmm. just because I, I like the way my hair feels when I leave the salon and I'm trying to recreate that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the product essentially just spoke for itself. 
you may say. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've had clients that say the same thing where it's like, oh, I didn't even tell you I used that. And they'll come back in the salon one day and I'm like, oh, I never thought you would buy shampoo for me. But you love the way that you that your hair looks. So now you're buying shampoo and that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, that makes, when you told me that, I'm like, yay, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you love it because it's, you know, you want to sell stuff that, you know, people are going to love. And I already, I know the product works, but it's great to hear it from you. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. So Let's... I think it'll be interesting to kind of dive back into your career field. Um, and so in your in your field, like you're one of the very few women in your career field, correct? Yes. So um, there's about 250 officers for the entire state of Michigan. And about 10 of us are female. (laughs) And And you're the um, only one in this area. I'm the only one in this county. And there's only three of us on this half of the Upper Peninsula. But I'm the only one in this county. The only female conservation officer in this area, let alone. That's awesome. So like going through training and stuff, how many many of your uh, like co-trainees were women? So when I went through the academy in 2017, 22 of us graduated, six of us were females. And at that time in 2017, us six females doubled the amount of females that were in the field. Awesome. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that. Go, go women. (laughs) (laughs) So what's that like, Jenny? What is it like? Cause I, um, I, I mean, Hunter and I work with all women. Are though Hunter, you have, I, you know what? It's just interesting for me to hear the different dynamics of work. So what is it like for you? I mean, it, it has some challenges because a lot of the hunters I talk to are typically men. A lot of the fishermen are men. That's just the clientele that I work with are typically men. Um, they they just have some inappropriate comments sometime. Um, they just, there's not as much of a level of respect because they just think I'm some young, dumb girl. Um, but I treat them the same way I treat everybody else. And I hold my head high and I feel like I'm a pretty strong, uh, confident officer. So it really doesn't bother me. It's, I mean, they're the ones that look like an idiot because they're making, you know, sexist jokes or inappropriate comments. And I just laugh because it's kind of funny, but I don't let it, (laughs) (laughs) I don't let it bother me, but sometimes I get comments. Um, but other than that, I mean, it had its challenges in the Academy just because we were the minority us women, but we hold our own and we're out there kicking butt just like everybody else. It's good to hear that in law enforcement, like everything kind of worked well. You don't, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a divide between at least where you are. Right. I'm sure in yeah. other places it could be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much equal. Everything's equal. Um, I know actually recently though, the state that state of Michigan employees um, the women and the men get uh, three months maternity slash paternity leave. So not only the women, but the men get that time off too. So now that's, you know, everything, it seems to be equal and yeah. works out for, for both. I mean, How you know, it- three months is totally enough time to start raising a child <laughs> to be off of work. Totally. I was just going to say that I'm like, <laughs> except for you probably need more like six months, but just for your body to recover but it's fine right hunter what's it like so you're kind of opposite of me you're in a field where it's predominantly women how how does that work for you um honestly it's i i have the upper hand if i'm being honest i i just feel like a lot of women love it when men do their hair 
whether they be of my sexuality or not, uh, they just enjoy, I guess, ew, it sounds so gross. I was going to say they just enjoy the touch of a man, but that's so <laughs> disgusting. Um, they like, I don't know. I just feel like I have an advantage, so it's kind of unfair to me to speak on <laughs> differences. Hunter's privileged. <laughs> I, yeah. And hey, at least I know it. <laughs> it's like I'm the equivalent of a like a, a cis white man in the salon world, the gay white man. <laughs> um, this sounds so awful. <laughs> but it's true. It, I do I do feel like I have a little bit of an advantage in my industry. Yeah, and like <laughs> people just trust you. Like being a man you have like trust that like which I don't understand like I would uh, okay that sounded weird bad too but Hunter I 100% trust you and I know that you you have better fashion sense than I do so I know you and I trust you but you (laughs) you being a gay white guy doesn't automatically give you the right like upper hand (laughs) I mean it does not but that's just how it goes like people are like oh he's a man and a hairdresser he I trust him with my hair he must be and good with my style he must be good right it, like, and let me tell funny. you I've seen a lot of bad men hairdressers so it's not me the too. case <laughs> me too and it's just funny that it's like a stereotype that it's like okay well he he must know fashion more than I do and I'm like um okay right. <laughs> <laughs> which you do honestly Hunter I would trust you in a second with my hair as well as any of my clients hair but um yeah <laughs> i just i just feel like people feel like men are more honest about their looks um that's a good point yeah like i've done photo shoots for uh like maxim models or playboy models and a lot of those models prefer like male photographers and male makeup artists male hairdressers because they feel like they're looking at them in almost like a adoration Hmm. like a male photographer is going to photograph a woman's body differently than a female photographer um which honestly I, I in my experience I prefer like a female photographer to photograph me hmm that's so interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I never thought about that in the photography world. Mm-hmm. I've never had a male photographer, but I've always sought out women photographers. Mm-hmm. But then they also probably feel safe with you being, you know, knowing that you're not going to, like, be creepy around them or anything. Uh, period. <laughs> I have sharp things. So if anybody mm-hmm. comes near you, I've got you, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Not like there's there's always a level of professionalism. That sounds so wrong. We should just cut that all out. But you know what I mean? There's always a level of professionalism that we all have. And your people are capable of of like getting past the fact if they're attracted to you or not. Right. And it's like, well, society makes us believe that our worth is t- tied to our attractiveness or our, the the much the more people want you so it's a societal thing mm-hmm. yeah so how did you deal with like in the beginning have you always just been like a thick-skinned girl from Chicago and you just handle it like a boss or did it bother you in the beginning when people made like sexist jokes to you and were, did it like make you like push harder and be like, I'll show them? Yeah, I feel like I've always been pretty tough. Um, I have an older brother and I have boy cousins and I've hung out with my brother and his friends. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm one of the boys sometimes and mm-hmm. I laugh at the jokes and I'm like tossing the jokes back and forth too. So, I mean, I've kind of grown up that way. Um, but yeah, like in the job, when people just say inappropriate comments it I don't know it's just kind of funny like it it doesn't bother me because (laughs) because I know that their opinions don't matter and that they're just 
ignorant and they're just trying to be funny or trying to be sly or whatever and it's mm-hmm. just, it just doesn't it doesn't phase me yeah those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind that's right you know i'm from yeah. the south i got a saying for everything <laughs> when i'm talking about jenny to like people around i'm like oh yeah my friend she's a conservation officer and people are like oh is she like the young hot one i'm like um yes yep she's the hot one <laughs> she got all the men in ironwood just pining mm-hmm. see what i did there pine wood <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh gosh this is a this this episode's turning inappropriate. Please don't be offended, anyone. We love you all. Oh no, I meant like pine as in wood. I wasn't being inappropriate. <laughs> Ironwood, pine, you know. Wood, pine. Okay, I'm dumb. I'm a tree police. Get it? <laughs> so the moment that we've all been waiting for, Jenny, tell us about the eagles. The eagles, the mother of eagles. Yes, that's what Anna calls me. Um, Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but these are actually really sad stories because I have yet to save an eagle that gets to live. Most of the eagles I pick up, they're either poisoned or they're dying or they're sick or they were hit by a car. So unfortunately, the eagle that I brought over to Anna's that one time that she talked about on the podcast... I had high hopes thinking that it was going to make it because it was alert. Its wings were full. It was, I could tell it had a gimp leg, um, but I, I thought, you know, rehabbers can just pin the leg and try and save it. I mean, you, you can just nurse it. It's like a broken leg. You splint it and then you kind of nurse it back to life. And there have been success stories with eagles and I was hopeful that this would be one. However, by the time it got to the rehabber, the rehabber took a look at it and saw that its femur was fractured and that it had severe head trauma and blood in its lungs. So unfortunately, that eagle was put down by the time it got or when it got to the rehabber, she put it down. Um, so but it is it is a sad story, but I like to look at it as. I gave that eagle the best chance at a life. If it sat on the side of the road, it would lay there and it would suffer until it died. But I at least scooped it up, brought it to a rehabber, tried my hardest to see if there was any possible way it could be salvaged, it could be nursed back to life. Um, so I, I, I know that even though they're not sad stories, I'm giving that eagle the best chance that it can have. Right. I am curious to know, because I know that there's like a lot of regulations around eagles. Could you share like what is the like this is a completely ignorant question and I'm asking genuinely to gain information. What why are there so many regulations on the is it the golden eagle or the bald eagle? Bald eagle. Okay. It's because they are federally regulated. So um, these regulations don't come from the Michigan DNR. They come from the federal government, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. They are the ones that regulate uh, eagles. And honestly, I don't know why eagles are such a priority species, um, but but they are. They're federally regulated. They're protected. They're um, they're really special and we have a ton of eagles around here. I've probably scooped up probably seven or eight eagles by now. I know Anna told the story about the one I had to chase through the golf course. That was interesting. <laughs> she has um, told that story. But my favorite eagle story is the one time I had to mud wrestle it. In a I swamp. actually screen grabbed a photo from your Instagram that I was <laughs> were saving to post for this episode about the mud wrestle eagle so tell us about that one yes yes so i get a call that there's an eagle at there's a trout hatchery in waters meat um which is in my jurisdiction and the people who work at this trout hatchery they called and they said there's an eagle i think it's sick or injured it's been sitting in the same spot for about 24 hours now it's not moving it's not flying it's 
not doing anything, but it's just sitting there. We think something is, is up with it. So I get there and it's kind of like out, it's like on a small little rock bar out in the swamp. And they said, I didn't have my kayak with me, but they said, here, use our kayak. So I always keep a blanket with me because that's how you have to throw the blanket over the eagle and scoop it up. Um, so I always carried my blanket with me. So I'm, I get in their kayak and it was like a really mucky swamp. Like it was like an inch of water to like a foot of muck. So I'm paddling through like pea soup almost. And it's just like so thick and it's not like a lake or anything. And so it was a struggle to get out there. So by the time I beached the kayak, got out onto this like rock bar that was maybe 50 feet the eagle sees me and it starts to walk away, kind of starts to run from me. So I grab my blanket and I chase after it. And by this time it runs into the swamp and now it's using its wings to swim, like oh. like breaststroke, like with wings. And so it's using its wings to swim deeper and deeper into the swamp. And it's just sinking lower and lower into the oh swamp. Gosh. So I get back in the kayak, I paddle around to the other side of the rock bar and this eagle's scared and he's trying to swim away from me, but he's really just sinking deeper and deeper. And now I get up to him and I'm only like three feet away from him. And I, he's now on like the left side of my boat. So I take my paddle and I go to scoop underneath the eagle. I take, I try and like take my kayak paddle and try and like wedge it underneath the eagle to like pop prop him up on on like the top of the the surface of the swamp well meanwhile my kayak paddle that's covered in mud on the right side is now like raining mud onto me <laughs> onto my face onto my uniform it's raining mud and I'm just like covered in this thick nasty swamp water so I was I start laughing at this point I'm like this this can't be real like I can't make this stuff up this is like the <laughs> highlight of my career so far so I get the eagle propped up on my kayak paddle and now I slide the paddle over to now it's like on the front of my boat and this eagle I'm I'm not joking is like a foot and a half away from me he's sitting on the on the cockpit of my kayak and his talons are just pointed right at me like inches away from my face and the oh whole gosh. time I'm, ta I'm talking to him I'm like it's okay buddy like I'm here to help you like I'm 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 not gonna hurt you like I'm, I'm trying to help you and I'm talking to this freaking eagle and he's just <laughs> this like death chicken <laughs> right and he's just staring at me and his talons are like this oh my god so I like slowly reach down and grab the blanket that was like between my legs and I like slowly throw the blanket over him and I kind of scoop him up and then I put him in my lap so now I've got him on my lap and I paddle back through the muck get him onto shore and uh he's just covered in mud so and so am I so I bring him up to the <laughs> rehabber and we had to like hose him down because he is caked in mud and so we hose him down and um that's when I got that picture taken that was on my Instagram and that's how I mud wrestled an eagle amazing <laughs> that is truly amazing so what a day uh, I have one last question for you we've got six minutes left um you said that's the highlight of your career thus far and I if as you know by listening to the podcast I'm super goals and business oriented and Anna is super passion driven my question for you is is this your dream job or do you have higher expectations for yourself or like goals that are beyond what you're doing currently this is most definitely my dream job I get to help people I get to help animals I get to play in the woods I get to do the things I love to do and get paid for it. So this is by far the best job. This is a, a really good fit. I, I love what I do. And this is, I'm really happy with what I do. That's amazing. And that's all we could ever ask for as humans, honestly. Right. And she's good at it. She's amazing. Like, seriously. Um, but I just remember, I remember asking Jenny, I'm like, well, how's your day? What did you do? And she's like, oh, I just, you know, I had to run to the store, do this. I went back to the woods, 
patrolled here and there, went out to the harbor, had to grab a melon to get a muskrat out of someone's house. Then I had to do this <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait, what, what? A, a muskrat. Was it a muskrat? What was it? It was some kind of- I forgot about thing. that. It was a woodchuck. A woodchuck. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and she just said it like it was totally normal. Like the list goes on. And, wait, wait, wait. What? You got a melon to coax a woodchuck out of someone's house? Yeah. Found. <laughs> and it was just like, she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, you didn't know that woodchucks like melons. Yeah. So I'm constantly learning new, fun, crazy things, little tricks about animals in the wilderness from Jenny. So thank you. And I hope that um, I'm giving you some useful information too about hair. And speaking of useful information, this rolls into the ending of our podcast which is our hair myth our hair myth this week is not necessarily a myth but i wanted to stay on topic of like client stylist right so what would you guys think is the number one reason that a client leaves their stylist i could probably give you some i would say personally i feel like um, their stylist aren't, isn't changing it up. They're not like, they're not thinking outside of the box and they're getting stuck in a rut. They're getting too, I would say a lot of like stylists get really comfortable and mm-hmm. they forget like it's important. To stay current, right? To stay current. But also I think maybe stylists forget how important it is to stay professional too. And- right. Cause it's so easy to get into the habit of like, Becky coming in for her base color every four weeks. What Mm -hmm. if Becky wanted to like add some highlights or change up her base color and you already have it mixed when she gets in the door? Yeah, exactly. Jenny, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Um, Have you ever left a hairstylist other than like when you moved and you met Anna? Have you ever left a hairstylist because of X reason? Well, I never really had a steady stylist until I was in Marquette and then now Anna, but I did get my hair done one time and she, she didn't really understand what I wanted. And she kind of assumed rather than asking like, okay, let me, let me see, like, do you want this, this, and this? Like she kind of, she kind of just took like, oh, you want this? Okay. And she ran with it. And that I just remember I left the salon in tears and I was like, I've never been more unhappy with my hair because she just didn't understand and she didn't really take the time to get to know exactly what it is I wanted. Right. She saw her vision of what you were saying. Right. I will say that's happened to me, like not me personally as a client, but someone has asked for something and I just assumed that I knew what they wanted. And then like, you know, it just wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's happened like I remember the client left the salon unhappy, but I booked them a Anna and I have talked about this actually particular client in our communication episode, but she left the salon unhappy, but with an appointment to correct the issue. And then the next day I get a bunch of text messages. She had canceled all of her appointments for the year. And that was totally on me because I thought that I understood what she was asking and I didn't ask any more questions. Hmm. Did you give her a chance to air her displeasure? Oh, girl, I gave her. I called her twice, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. I sent her a text message. No, no, no. I sent her an email and then I sent her a text message. So I tried, but I it was un- like, you know to her it was a mistake that just couldn't be overlooked okay and I just had you know you have to be okay with that sometimes as a stylist yeah everyone makes mistakes yeah um so were we right though with the miscommunication yeah so getting comfortable according to this 2014 article by modern salon reason to go number one is that they want to stay current and their stylist isn't being current So like maybe the stylist isn't educating themselves. They don't know how to do more current styles. And like what I'm thinking more of is like when the balayage technique became really popular in the United States, how a lot of hairstylists didn't know how to do it because it's not something that I know that for me, 
balayage was still new whenever I was in school. So I never learned balayage in school. I learned, you know, a hand painting technique where you were literally painting highlights in, which is also a beautiful technique. Right. But balayage as a technique isn't something that we learned. So it's something that you had to continue your education on. Yeah. If you Mm -hmm. wanted to keep those clients. The number two reason is um, their stylist isn't present. When doing a client's hair, they want to feel like they are getting a stylist full attention and being pampered. If the stylist is talking to other stylists or taking phone calls, they may feel like the stylist doesn't care about them. This one's also happened to me. But not because I was talking on the phone. It's because I double book. Mm-hmm. I've had, you know, I've had a client say, uh, I felt like you rushed me out and I wasn't okay with it. And mm. yeah, she told me in the middle of me, like I was, <laughs> when she was telling me this, my next client was walking in the door. And like, I was trying to start foiling her hair but my client was there waiting on me and she was telling me that I hadn't pampered her enough. Luckily I work in a salon like with a great team that I was able to make sure everyone felt pampered, but it was a wake up call. Yeah. It's a wake up call, but it's also a reminder. Like we have to, you want, you have to bring it every single day, every single day. That is exhausting. Do you still double book now? I do, but with her her in particular, she drives a really long way to see me. And she's been coming to see me for a really long time. So she came to see me when my prices were really low. And like, she's still driving two hours to see me and my prices are some of the highest in our area. So like, I I just need to show the appreciation for her and not double book her. So I will always double book, but if a client is not okay with it, then obviously I'm not going to. It's just a good reminder that, um, we need to bring it every single time and we have to make people feel important and loved because they are, Mm -hmm. but we're allowed to have off days too. And I think that's when, um, you know, I guess if someone's if someone is, I'm, I'm impressed that they actually told you why they were hurt, but if they're going far enough to tell you why they're leaving, they should also extend the grace to hear you out and maybe give you another chance. But that's just me. Yeah. This client in particular, like she told me to my face, she plans on coming back. Um, but it like, just exactly like you said, you have to bring it for every client no matter how busy you get, you have to find a way to make it work. And also, especially now that we have Jenny here, when you're doing your friends or family, like close friends and family, it's important to remember to bring it for them too. So I think it's easy to get comfortable and casual with people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just treat them like a new client every time. And yeah, some of the times the consultations can get a little bit comfortable, but also give them the space and the time, like the ability to say that they don't like something because mm-hmm. they probably feel really uncomfortable and in a way they're kind of locked into you, you know? Right. Cause so, then it's like, what happens whenever they go to a new hair stylist? Yeah. Yeah. My family will never go to someone else. So, um, it's important that you give them the extra space to like air if they're not happy with their hair, if they want to change it up. Like Mm -hmm. that's a good reminder too. Yeah. And I would say like, just to tack onto that and like put a little bow on it is you always have to be open to hearing that someone doesn't like your work and it's hard to like accept that someone doesn't like your art. Cause it's almost like, well, I made this, I think it's beautiful, but you also have to realize that like your vision isn't everyone else's vision. Right. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of break room banter. It has been a fantastic episode. Jenny, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day and like 
turning the phone over to talk to us for an hour. Like, super appreciate it. Thank um, you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Of course. Uh, we uh, do you have social media that you want to put on here, or are you cool with, or do you want to just kind of stay the eagle lady? I'll just be the eagle lady. That Ooh, sounds mysterious. good. The mysterious <laughs> eagle lady. <laughs> well, if you want to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at Hair X Hunter on Instagram. The podcast Instagram is at Breakroom Banter Pod, and Anna's Instagram is at Anna.shr8 Hair. Thank you for listening to another episode. And until next week, bye. Bye. Bye.